0: Welcome to Health Naturally on 2 at Greg Richard hey, joined today by Dennis Stewart. Dennis.
1: How are you, Greg? Very well. You're what... looking well. You're very casual there in your t shirt, <laughs> black t shirt for a black room.
0: Well, it's Casual Friday, isn't it? Oh, is <laughs> it? Okay.
1: Point taken.
0: Yeah, Dennis, you touched on this subject last week. Mm, it was mm. about mineral remedies used in biometric system therapy. Bio- is that right? Biochemic. Biochemic dear,
1: dear, dear, dear. How long have you been doing this program with me? Only a couple of times. (laughs) We've never done this before with you anyway. No, look, last week I was talking about a system of um, medicine, natural medicine, that goes under the umbrella of biochemistry. Mm -hmm. It's an old system which I'll talk about later on, but I was mentioning it last week as a result of a, a client or a patient of mine having a very, very good result uh, for a very stubborn condition with one of the remedies associated with this biochemic system of medicine. We'll talk a little bit more about it, and by that stage you'll be pretty right with pronouncing it.
0: i be right. I will get my eyes tested as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and straight up today, Jan
0: from Chisholm has got in, and she's got a question about a persistent cough she's got in at the moment.
1: Hello, Jan.
2: Hello, Dennis. And first of all, I just want to say, Jeff and I have made the big move.
1: Oh, have you really?
2: Yes, we've moved up from the coast and we're up here with you guys now.
1: I heard about that, believe it or not, the other day and yes. uh, and I, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming and I knew you'd move up to this remarkable part of the earth. Yes, <laughs> we're, little... we're very
2: happy. Well, that's but good. Go
1: on. Since, go I've, on. Mo- since
2: I've moved up, I have, I've had a persistent cough. Oh, really? And okay. I went to the doctor and she said because of packing and unpacking, mm. uh, she feels that um, I've got a bit of mould and I needed um, I, to go buy some Nasonex.
3: Mm.
2: Now, I've been coughing so much for the last three weeks that I feel I've pulled a muscle on my right-hand side. So mm, every gee. time I cough now, it You're really hurts.
1: You're in trouble. Okay. I am in trouble. <laughs> uh, well, look, I'll make a couple of suggestions. I'm glad that you've had... Uh, some investigation, Jan, because you'd appreciate that a a cough can be a symptom of of something larger than just a a cough. Um, Mm. So I'm glad you've seen your GP and and got a bit of an opinion on it. But look, knowing you um, very well, I've known this dear lady for many, many, many years, uh, you always do well on my prescribing. So I'm going to mention a couple of things that you can access pretty easily and, and try. Now look, it's likely that the it's what we call an irritable cough. In other words, there's probably no serious pathology there. But if there is, what I'd suggest you do is go to a health food store, pharmacy, or see us at New Lambda, any way you like, and get hold of a preparation that is based on Manuka honey. You can get a cough medicine now, that contains Manuka. And the reason I'm mentioning Manuka is that it also has some useful antimicrobial characteristics. So as mm-hmm. as well as being in a base of other constituents, which are more soothing, um, the Manuka uh, with antibacterial or antimicrobial characteristics might uh, conform more to what your GP is suggesting that there might be uh, some minor pathology there and if that's the case i'd be suggesting that um, a, a cough medicine containing manuka uh, be tried first up having having said that however um, if the cough um, is is irritable and persistent uh, what i would uh, suggest is that um, this is this might surprise a lot of the uh, uh, people because they probably wouldn't have heard it for a long time but I'm a great fan of uh, Bonington's Irish Moss. Now, Bonington's <laughs> Irish Moss is, a, is an old-fashioned preparation, but it's still available from our good pharmacies, and it is it is it is very um, easy to take, uh, mm. and it is based on Irish Moss, which is remarkably soothing. Put it that way, so mm. it's more appropriate for a soothing, irritable cough. Your cough is probably not productive, is it? It is. Are you bringing up a lot of mucus? Yes. Okay. Well, Boddington's Irish Moss is more for a for an irritable, soothing, uh, dry cough. If you have a cough that is is productive, um, I would be suggesting what you do is get hold of a uh, herbal medicine based on some uh, whorehound. White whorehound is an antitussive or anti-cough remedy of of great fame, and as well as that you uh, blend it or combine it or get a compounding pharmacist or a herbalist uh, to put it together with some sundew. So a a formula incorporating uh, white whorehound sundew in a base, say, of licorice would give you some real relief and the sundew is a very strong antimicrobial remedy which is used even for serious coughs where there is a more serious likely pathology so uh, it's a great remedy for uh, persistent coughs that are not resolving uh, that are that are thought or possibly associated with with the pathology whereas the horehound uh, addresses not only the cough but also some of the congestion and helps to bring about uh, the bringing up of it so to speak
2: right can I start off with the Manuka, manuka, manuka.
1: honey oh, 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 Absolutely. Now, look, let me, let me just say something here that uh, is worthwhile taking on board. Um, listeners probably don't uh, understand that even ordinary honey has an effect on coughs, very competitive with some of the mainstream pharmaceuticals. The honey has been uh, tried in modern times and shown to be underrated as far as its ability to soothe persistent, irritable, debilitating coughs. The only reason I'm mentioning Manuka is that Manuka, whilst it has that characteristic due to, due to it being a honey, also has the possibility of addressing some, some mild pathology if it's there. Mm. Well,
2: I'll try that one
1: first. Yeah, get on to that. You should be able to get it from up around uh, where you are um, and uh, give it a go. Thank you very much, Well, it's, it's nice to hear from you again, Jan, and I'm glad you've glad you've moved to this more civilised part of the world.
2: <laughs> no, it's been lovely. Good idea. No doubt I'll see you through the years.
1: You will indeed, Jan. Thank you for ringing.
2: Okay, take care.
1: Good. Irish moss. Irish moss. I don't think I've heard that in a you long time. You, you haven't heard, no, I've heard? I've heard of it. I think Bonington's Irish moss. I think, well, yeah. I think my
0: grandma had that in the cupboard. <laughs> <It's>... Well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you might put it this way: I can get it, so the listeners should be getting. Yeah. It, but look, should be able to get it. A lot of the older remedies, uh, maybe not as easily accessed yeah. as what they previously were, because the demand for them perhaps has fallen away in the face of more bond and more trendy yeah. preparations. Yeah. But Bonington's Irish moss is very soundly based. I uh, I have a a container of it at home, and uh, it's very precious to me. So all I'd say to to, uh, listeners that um, are trying to get it, um, go to the pharmacy. I'm sure they'll be able to order it in for you. I would be the most surprised if they uh, uh, can't get it. I'd be most surprised. Perhaps some uh, pharmacist could let me know, but um, if listeners are having difficulty getting it, shop around, talk to your pharmacist, see if you can actually get it in, if we can't get it in, let me know and I'll scour the world for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Elizabeth from Cardiff South. Oh,
0: she's got had a persistent
1: dry cough for over 30 years. Hello, Elizabeth.
2: Hello, how are you?
1: Um, well, tell me about your cough.
2: Um, well, I went and saw a respiratory physician years ago because yes. I had this cough Yes. probably stemming from about a whooping cough Yes. and working in an environment with <laughs> chemicals in nursing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just very irritating. You know, it can be working or speaking and then all of a sudden I have this coughing fit. Okay. And, um, yeah, essentially I was told there's not much you can do for it.
1: <laughs> coughs are, are, are interesting things. Um, curing a cough, in my opinion, can almost be an art form. In <laughs> other words, there are so many different forms of coughs and, and, and in my opinion, uh, this is where... Traditional medicine or uh, natural medicine has a lot to offer because uh, we break uh, our cough conditions up and match them to various herbs which suit the symptom picture that the person presents with. Mm. Now, now, in your case, I mentioned a, co- a, a remedy earlier that is known as sundew. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, sundew is botanically known as Drosera rotundifolia. It's an, a, an, a, a European herb, albeit there is an Australian species of it which even grows locally. But that is a very interesting uh, remedy. It is used uh, classically to address uh, a whooping cough type of condition that will not resolve. It oh. is it is very useful for actually addressing uh, coughs that have that typical hoop about them that almost uh, fits them into a, a diagnosis of a whooping cough, but yet there is no pathology there to, oh. um, to suit it. But it's the remedy for stubbornness. It's the remedy for an irritable cough, a cough that's not very productive, but where there's uh, an irritable, uh, regular, embarrassing, whooping type of cough that just lingers on and on. And very frequently uh, this uh, remedy is associated with a background of a whooping cough experience or something similar. Mm. So so with your cough condition, um, a herbalist like myself or others trained in the same tradition would uh, put together a, a mixture um, that would incorporate that particular herb in a fluid form, the fluid extract mm. of sundew, to cover that uh, long history of it. But also what we would do we would make sure that in the, in the formula, and this is the art form that I'm talking about, that herbalists uh, practice, uh, in the formula, in the mixture that uh, we would put together in our dispensaries, we would put uh, herbs in it like, for instance, uh, marshmallow. Uh, we would put herbs in it like licorice. And we would put uh, herbs in it uh, like horehound, even though there's not much uh, productive activity about it, Horehound Hore is useful as a, a supportive antitussive remedy. It goes well with sundew, but the other remedies, uh, licorice and marshmallow, they are exceedingly soothing, exceedingly okay. soothing. And where you okay. have an irritable cough, um, the soothing aspect of those remedies um, makes the formula, if you like, uh, a second uh, gives it a second row, so to speak. To, uh, to have an effect on it. So uh, you'd have a, a firm pharmacy, a compounding pharmacy, or you'd have a herbalist there. If not, you can always see me at U Lambton, but always favour your own people first. The for, mm-hmm. the formula, I'll go over it again for you, would be uh, a liquid formula comprised of the, the fluid extract of of, of sundew, uh, supported by the fluid extract of whorehounds, supported by... The fluid extract of marshmallow and all licorice, and a dose uh, would from that formula be calculated on the proportions that the prescriber would put in it. I would okay. think, I know that sounds a little bit complicated, but I come back to the point that herbal medicine is just as much an art form, and, tre- mm. and treating a cough, I'll say it again, is an art form because many standard approaches, even used within orthodoxy, Um, are not adequate to cover the uniqueness of the cough with which the patient presents. This is where these uh, herbs work particularly well. I I had a lot to do, just for the sake of listeners, I'll mention this, I had a lot to do with the herb sundew. It was not a popular herb uh, when I first started teaching and practising herbal medicine, but I had a lot to do with it and I saw one remarkable case which convinced me of the efficacy of the herb, when I um, was called to treat a a, a young well a child actually who for days and days and days had not ceased coughing and the cough was a whooping type cough but mm. there was no pathology there to support it. I was a young practitioner and the patient was living in a suburb on the central coast known as Wyoming. The mother uh, called me to see if I would do a house call and that's not normal for me to do but this was a young child that couldn't come out of the house though, so mm. so unwell. I prescribed sundew, and I kid you not, I kid you not, within 24 hours that cough was resolved. Now, mm. does does it happen every time? No, but what it did in this case was convince me that this was the herb for, in an, for an intractable cough, yes. a long history, stubbornness, very dry and very irritable. Mm, yes,
2: well, that sort of describes my... And I've got various triggers if I eat something yes. that's really salty, yes. something spicy, yes. peppery, yes. Um, anything that's sort of particulate. Yes. Um, as I start eating, it'll just trigger this cough. Yeah. And um,
1: Of course, you, you've had it obviously well and truly investigated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because again, I say to listeners, a cough shouldn't just be seen as a cough where you have a lingering cough. That cough can be associated with with a more serious condition. It can be just a, a symptom of uh, of something deeper. Many many irritable coughs, for instance, are caused as a, a byproduct of of reflux, and mm, uh, yes. some some coughs uh, uh, are also associated with a particular uh, category of blood pressure medications. So I, I say to adult listeners in particular uh, with stubborn coughs. Uh, that have not responded, make sure that you've discussed with your GP or your specialist practitioner things like your blood pressure medication uh, and uh, things like reflux. I'm sure they would have been covered, but it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt to show that you know a little bit about some of the factors that could yes. be behind it.
3: Okay, so if I go to a compound
2: now um, if if you, if you
1: if you can't get it, you can always come down to New Lambton, to the dispensary there, and we can do it. Okay, that'd be great.
2: Thanks okay. very
1: much for your time. Good on you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. We've got Anne now from Charlestown, and she's got a question
1: about psoriasis. Hello, Anne. Oh, hi,
0: Dennis. How are you?
1: Well, I'm very well indeed, Anne. How, how can I help you? You have psoriasis. No, it's
3: my
1: husband. Okay, okay. It's,
3: it's- started off with a small patch on his knee maybe yes. six or seven years yes, ago yes. and that was okay but in the last 18 to two years it's spread all over his back and he's getting breakouts on his thighs, oh, the back of his Oh so dear, dear. okay
1: yeah, just, and he's being yeah. he's being treated by a specialist oh okay but his gp would be prescribing something or or, or not no
3: okay. no he's Yeah,
1: he has been to. It goes to a skin cancer specialist, but he said, "Oh, there's nothing you can do." Okay. Yeah. Well, well. Look, uh, is your husband's condition is is it an itchy condition? Yes, yeah,
3: very
1: itchy. flaky, very... Okay, I'm having a, a bit of a battle here uh, catching everything you say, but I'll make a few suggestions. Um, for an itchy skid condition, particularly one that's chronic um, and and one that's flaking, as psoriasis does, um, I'm a great fan of what are called pine tar products. And, and I would suggest that you see a pharmacist that would stock appropriate pine tar products that are useful at least to address the itch condition. And if it is on his back... Um, the use of uh, products like pine pintarsal in their various forms could be of benefit to him. I'd raise that to start with. Now, the the, the other thing is that there are a number of ointments also that can be usefully used here. There is an ointment that I had a lot to do in developing um, called the GA complex ointment. The GA complex ointment. Now, let me explain what that means. GA means glycorotinic acid. Now, what does that mean? That is the active chemistry extracted from the herb licorice. And it works somewhat like cortisone, but it isn't cortisone. It has a, ste- okay. it has a steroidal action. So the glycorotinic acid component has a, a mild steroidal effect and the small amount of pine tar that's in the preparation reinforces its action. So there's the second thing, a GA complex ointment, based on an extract of licorice, but containing also a small amount of pine tar or juniper tar. And the third thing, the third thing, and I've had some startling results of this over the years. One in particular, I, I can never forget, um, inasmuch that your husband has had this condition for some time, and now it's, it's literally all over him, so to speak. One thing that would be useful is what's called the infused oil of chickweed. Now let me explain this. Uh, these things I know are a little bit esoteric for some of the listeners, but to herbalists like ourselves, they're very common things. You all, all listeners I presume would have seen chickweed at this time of the year, particularly when it's getting cool. It'll come up particularly in shady parts of the garden. It's a lovely light green leafed herb that grows close to the ground and has a very delicate white flower. Now, what we do, we collect the herb in its fresh state and we we soak it or macerate it as we call it in an appropriate amount of of olive oil and we leave it in a warm spot probably for a week or so in order for the warmth of the sun plus the active uh, action of the olive oil on the fresh herb. What it does is gather some of the chemistry of the herb and take it into solution. So after about a week or so, we strain off the uh, the liquid, which is a light green liquid at that stage, and we filter it, and further let it stand so that any residual sediment uh, is it drops to the bottom, so to speak, and we decant that part of the of the uh, liquid which is clear and uh, has all the chemistry of the herb in it. Now, when that is applied uh, to a psoriasis condition. It can sometimes give a result little little less than outstanding, and it costs you nothing. So I I uh, I know a lot about this because uh, not, not only um, is it good for treating psoriasis, but Gouldian finches love it. So what I'd suggest is if you can get some infused oil of chickweed, that is worthwhile to try, particularly on the larger areas where the putting okay. on of putting on of the ointment might be a bit cumbersome. If you have trouble getting that, and you probably will, uh, contact my rooms and we'll see if uh, we've got some bulk uh, uh, stuff there that we could uh, give you a a trial with. Okay. And what was the
3: other one, GA? The
1: GA Complex. Complex. Now, the GA Complex cream, um, dermatologists uh, in older days, uh, probably around the time of the Second World War or thereafter, would have used glycotinic acid and its action uh, was in fact called up in some of the dermatology journals that were circulating in the UK. I grabbed hold of those journals and as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, I'm the only one who's using that information that encouraged the use of of, uh, glycorrhizan or glycotinic acid from licorice with something like uh, pine tar, or juniper tar, both of which are virtually the same.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, what about gluten and a, and a, a diet that will...
1: Uh, you, you mean uh, gluten in the diet? Yeah. Yeah, look...
3: Because uh, I've, I've read up on it and it's, they say that gluten can cause, you know, the yeast causes the skin condition and...
1: Look... Um, I, I don't turn my nose up at any of those things. All that I would say is that I think it would be uh, simplistic to say, oh, going off gluten will solve psoriasis. I think no. that that's not doing yeah. uh, justice to the seriousness of the condition. But sometimes, no. sometimes a dietary change, as simple as what you're talking about, in some conditions can make a difference. The thing about it is it's not a big deal to go off gluten, so it's worthwhile trying. Um, yes. But um, I, I wouldn't hold my breath. Okay. Well,
3: thank you very much,
1: Dennis. Okay. Get get back if you don't have any help with the dear man and um, in, in helping him. Um, contact me. Yeah, yeah contact oh. me. We'll see if we can get him stopping his itching anyway. Okay, then. All right.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Okay. Good on you. Bye bye.
0: Bye. So we've got Stephen from Tookley. He's got a question about M and S. Hello Stephen.
1: Hi,
4: hey, how are you?
1: I'm oh, very well. How can we help you?
4: I'm just trying to find out what I can do with my MNS.
1: Okay. The MNS, explain the initials to me.
4: Okay. It, it's
1: called motor neurone syndrome. Motor neurone syndrome. syndrome. I thought it was. Uh, but look, how far has your motor neurone condition developed?
4: Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me. I've had it for just over two and
1: a half years. Yes. And yeah. and and how compromised are you with it, Stephen?
4: I'm trying my best, but yeah. there's um, apparently there's no medication that I can find.
1: Yes. And look, um, I'm not aware of there being anything in um, yeah. in natural medicine that uh, is likely to be of any great benefit to you, Stephen. Um, unfortunately. Um, this is not a good condition, as you would appreciate, and it, it it would be wrong of me to say I'll try this or try that, because uh, I'm not aware of anything that could effectively uh, contain the condition um, or slow it down. So I'm disappointed. I can't help you, Stephen.
4: That's okay. Okay, I I, I thought I'd give it a try.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you, Stephen.
0: Yeah. Oh, we've got Mick now from it too clean. He's got a question for you about herbology.
1: Hello, uh, hello, hello, uh, Mick. Is it? Uh, Chico Roll Mick. Chico Roll Mick. Okay, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What, 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 hello, what? 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 boys, do you remember me? I, I, I do remember you. You made a very interesting comment about uh, one of my uh, remarks, or suggestions, or recommendations a few weeks ago. Yeah,
4: yeah, and you sent me from Wyoming to. To uh, to near Gosford, North Gosford. That's
1: right. That's right. That's right. I, I okay. think. I think. Did I suggest that you uh, go to the Indian food store there? Correct. Yes. Yes.
4: That's right. Good. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, uh, look. I heard today uh, um, uh, Florence Nightingale's name was mentioned, and uh, I was researching the. Um, I was researching the. Uh, War on the Peninsula with the charge of the Light Brigade in yes. the Crimea, yes. and I, I came across how uh, how the medical side of the battle, and she was a spinster, Florence Nightingale, and mm-hmm. she wanted to get involved, so she advertised for all these nurses, and a, and a large dark Jamaican lady uh, turned up, and the father was a Scottish her seaman, and the mother was a local. And uh she knocked her back and uh she just didn't fit. So anyway, this lady uh uh got backing and Florence Nightingale they called her the lady of the lamp. That's right. Well, what she was doing, she wasn't checking the patients, she was checking the nurses. She was looking under the beds for the nurses. They were making the shilling on the side. So there were a lot of them were gin drinkers. And um and uh, uh, the the large Jamaican lady, she was a herbologist. Oh, yes. And in, the, in this book, the, when they erected the statue for Florence Nightingale, the Nursing Association wanted the statue of the large Jamaican lady because she saved more patients than Florence. How
1: about that?
4: With, how about that? With all the bandages and that, because it was winter, they used to in, in Florence's camp that them underneath the buildings and sickness and illness ran rampart and they lost more than they saved, actually.
1: Okay, that's very interesting. I've not read anything about that. It'd be interesting to know what uh, what herb was used by this Jamaican lady in treating the the wounded soldiers.
0: We've got Karen now from at Soldiers Point. She's got a question about eczema.
5: Oh, yeah, no, just uh, an observation. I... I had eczema terribly bad when I was a child and yes. um, they had put all manner of things on me and yes. I had so many bandages I looked like a walking mummy, you know. It <laughs> was a bit like that in those days. And as an adult now, I know um, to look at what I'm using. Like yes. my mum loves some uh, palm oil of soap, but that for me was the worst thing ever. Yes. And uh, nowadays, if I visit someone and they wash my clothes, um, I'll end up being itchy quite often because I need to use a, a low allergy soap powder. Yes. Which are things that people don't think about. They don't look at the environment um, when they're look, looking for a cause of these skin
4: conditions.
1: I, I could relate to what you're saying, uh, Karen, because it might interest uh, you and listeners to know that the reason I became associated with uh, a natural medicine or, or alternative medicine was my own experience of eczema. Oh, okay. as, a, as, as a young man. And it was very, very, very severe. And um, and I uh, was at that stage um, living in Sydney. I was studying um, engineering in Sydney and living in Sydney and trying to look after myself and c- come back home each weekend to court my dear wife. Um, but the eczema took control of me. And as a result of my own investigations and uh, my own uh, finding in the nooks and crannies of uh, of Sydney at that stage, particularly uh, older pharmacies. And there were, when I went to Sydney, some very old pharmacists that uh, had been there for some time. And as a result of their some of their creams and topical applications, I was able to manage my eczema. But what I did find, getting back to your point, was that eczema in my case, and to this day, um, even though I don't suffer from it, I am very cautious about having wool close to my skin.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't yeah. cope with it. Yeah, I can understand that wool. It, wool itchy, scratchy things like yep. that, yeah. and uh, certain kinds of soaps. But I mean, they, they, in those days, they used to use some disgusting thing called coal tar. Yes. What yes. ointment smelled
1: terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sure well, that, that was that. It, it smelled terrible. But I'll tell you my experience. Uh, I uh, could find nothing uh, that would address the situation and the steroid topical applications didn't do very much for it. But I found a pharmacist mm. in in the in one of the arcades in Sydney that used to make an ointment called Zema ointment, Z-E-M-A. Okay. And um, a nursing sister who lived next door to where I was uh, boarding in Ashfield, uh, she said, look, we use this ointment even at Camberdown, to, to treat kids with eczema. Ah, so I okay. said, oh, well, I'm going to find this. Well, I, met, I went to this, um, to the arcade uh, in, in Sydney, this little pharmacy that was tucked away in there, and I think I paid, in those days, about six bob or six shillings for a jar of this ointment. Mm-hmm. It, it smelt a terrible, so it must have had uh, a bit of pine tar in it. It had a lot of zinc in it, and mm-hmm. old, old-time mm-hmm. pharmacists could put it together like you wouldn't believe that thing, uh, believe it or not, that that thing, together with uh, a product called pine tarsal, uh, which, yes. which I yes. bathed in regularly, it kept my sanity until... <laughs> I, I was, can understand
5: that. <laughs> can, yep. For
1: yours, you've been there, you know what it's like. But um, So I know the, the ointment uh, base that would have you would have used, but I then did some interesting things uh, naturopathically. I, I did uh, some fasting. I went on to a fairly rigid um, a vegetarian diet for a while, um, and uh, uh, I was living on. The, uh, my wife and myself were living on the Central Coast by then, and in midwinter, I uh, took time off work, and every day I would go to Terrigal Beach. I'd be the only person on the beach, by the way, in the middle of winter at Terrigal. Oh, down <laughs> the salt water. Yes, and I'd dive yeah, in the salt yeah. water and then come out and get a bit of sun, and uh, I did that for about a month. And um, I, uh, with the uh, dietary program, with the topical applications, with with the baths, etc. I went back to uh, work in Sydney, where I was functioning as an engineer, uh, stone and high, a half lighter. But my ex-mate never ever returned.
5: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I remember all that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've grown up out of you know, but it, but if if people wash my clothes in stuff that's got, got perfume yes. and in it, yes. Um, I get all itchy, scratchy. Not, yeah. I don't get eczema, but I get you know, very uncomfortable from whatever it was they've washed my clothes. in. Yes, so yes. it's something that a kid wouldn't be able to tell their parent because they don't understand it.
1: Yes. And the well,
5: parent yes. wouldn't do, know.
1: Do, yeah. you al- do you also get asthma with yours?
5: I do, yes. yes. yes.
1: So yeah. you're what's called an atopic individual. I'm prone to a little bit of, uh, of asthma, but not seriously. But as um, sufferers of eczema would know, that uh, asthma, eczema, and rhinitis uh, mm. are a trilogy that goes all under goes the, together. Uh, yeah. all goes together. Yeah. But look, it's, it's it's important that you've raised that with listeners because very many listeners still haven't connected the relationship of environmental factors uh, to skin conditions. So your yeah. call has been very valuable this morning, and I appreciate it. That's
5: an interesting conversation. Yeah, I'm glad
1: you're over it. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Karen.
0: Time for one more call, and we've got Diane from Roman Terrace, and she's got a question about post nasal drip. Hello, Diane.
1: Good
3: morning, Dennis. I, I went to some of your classes when you were teaching out at Curry Tech.
1: Oh, did you really? Time ago. A few oh, well, well, I'm an old man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How can I help you?
3: I have a post nasal drip. I yes. have been told by an ENT specialist that I do have a deviated septum. Okay, okay. But, um, I've had this for years and years, and the noise the daylights out
1: of me. Okay. Look, I'll be quick and probably can't do justice entirely with this, but I'll make a few suggestions. Get, get onto to a herb called golden seal. Now, yes. it comes as an encapsulated herb. If you can't get it there, you can uh, in Raymond Terrace, which you should do. You can come down to New Lambton, and, and we can help you there. But golden seal has a particular relationship to mucosal conditions, and yours is a mucosal condition. The other thing is, it should be reinforced with a bioflavonoid called quercetin, Q U E R C E T I N. So my treatment off the cuff uh, would be some quercetin, which is a bioflavonoid. And some encapsulated golden seal. Wonderful.
3: I've written that down as she told me. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Okay. Good on you. Okay. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Diane.
0: Bye. Jesus. Thank you, Diane. It's Health Naturally on 2 R F M. Dennis, just before you go, we've got a couple more minutes left.
1: Okay. Just okay. out the okay.
0: We started off because you wanted to talk about
1: this. Uh, we wanted to talk about biochemistry. Yep. And the biochemistry that we were wanting to talk about was that uh, associated with the group of remedies known as the tissue salts. Yeah. And they were developed um, in, in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. But um, like so many therapies at that time, homeopathy is another good example of being carried over. And essentially what they are are a bracket of a dozen remedies that are associated with micro minerals that circulate in our body and are the basis of our tissues. And the theory developed in behind this is that a, a reduction or a loss of of any one of these minerals or reduction in their level could create various symptoms of disease. So the biochemic system that produces the tissue salts says, if you have, for instance, a lot of mucus in your system, as this gentleman did a couple of weeks ago, yep. if you take, for instance, kali mur which is the Latin name for potassium chloride, in a minute dosage as oral medication, you may get a good result in the resolution Say of upper respiratory tract catarrh. That is an example of where this system of medicine, particularly in supporting herbal medicine, is brilliant working on the ideas of Schussler, Dr. Schuessler's biochemic system that developed the 12 tissue salts, a reduction in one or more of them leading to symptoms of distress, very safe medication, very good companion remedy, and interestingly for generations had been used by lay people in the household. It's died away, unfortunately, like many good things. Yep. happened to be, too. A bit like the Irish <laughs> moss. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Dennis Stewart,
0: thank you very much. Yeah, we'll catch you, again, okay. catch you again next good week. Thanks
2: for
5: listening
3: to
2: this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.